Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey everyone, it's great to welcome you to uh, Arena Church online broadcast. I'm really excited by the fact that you've tuned in today and uh, I'm really believing that God is going to speak to each and every one of us. But I think you've probably been sitting down long enough. Some of you may have stretched your feet in the minute mingle, or you may have grabbed yourself a cup of coffee, but I want to just do something very different. Come on, I feel a bit bit mischievous. Come on, on your feet. There we go. That's it. Now, what I want you to do, I want you to reach up. I want you to reach down. I want you to do that again. Reach up, and then reach down, and I want you to dab to the left, I want you to dab to the right. Come on, you've never dabbed before. Dab to the left and dab to the right. Come on, you can take your seats. You may be thinking, what on earth is all that about? I have never dabbed in my life. Well, you can now tell your grandkids that you have. And I was thinking about some of the things that have happened since we've been in lockdown uh, I think the second week in, our children had uh, discovered something called TikTok. I thought that was something that was connected to a clock, but they tell me it's an online platform where they do videos. And uh, yes, I did one. You're not about to see it, but I did a TikTok video. And all I want to say to you, is, it, was, it was the one that said, and it's a chopper. Okay, it's a chopper. Anyway, enough of the uh, frivolous introduction. I want to say a big shout out to all of our campuses. For those who are new to the broadcast, let me say, my name's Christian Thorpe. I'm one of the pastors, and we're one church in six locations. And uh, what we like to do is give a big shout out to those locations. So come on, guys, get typing to Belper. There we go. Love Belper. And now to the Hub. I love those guys in the Hub. And to Ilkeston, where it all began for us. Wonderful. Now to Mansfield. Come on, a big shout to all you Mansfield guys. And to that great city of Nottingham. There's many that are logging online who are from the Nottingham area. We love you. And now to Toulouse. Come on, let's give a big shout out to our French contingent. We love you. We love you. We love you. It really is great to welcome each and every one of you. And of course, there's another group, the Onliners, and we're glad that you're here. And if we can be of help to you over these these troubled times, then please don't hesitate to email us or contact us, and we'll do what we can. We're told that the schools are going back, some schools are going back, and it would be good for his church to continue to pray for children and for parents and for teachers. And let's continue to pray for those in government. Whatever our political persuasions, they all need wisdom at this time. And I want to tell you, if you're listening today and you're a little nervous with regards to sending your kids back, but you feel that's the right thing to do, we just want to assure you that whatever, wherever you find yourself, we're praying for you. We're in a series called Unsung Heroes, and I've really enjoyed it. This will be, I think, the third week of us talking into this series. And of course, there's many up and down the nation and across the world who are unsung. They're unknown, they're faceless, but they're people who are incredibly heroic in their activity and the things that they're doing to serve others. As I said, I want this message to be one that will inspire you. If it's your first time on our broadcast, please stay the duration. I really believe that God wants to say something to you. If you're an inquirer, if you're a skeptic, if you're unsure, I'm I'm sure there'll be something that I say today that may just resonate in your heart. And of course, for those who are Christians, you're, you're fully devoted followers of Jesus. I pray that this message helps you too. 
Our headline verse around this series has been 1 Corinthians 1, 1, Corinthians 1 verse 26 to 31. I'd like to read it together if I may. And this is what Paul writes. <clears throat> and he said, take a good look, dear friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you, not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? He chooses these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. You see, God chooses and uses the nobodies. The last time I shared this, somebody put in the chat, everybody is a somebody. And interestingly, that's our phrase. Everybody is a somebody at Arena Church. And Paul is using this language to be very provocative because he wasn't saying that there are nobodies and somebodies. What he was saying is there are people who think they're somebodies, but actually God uses the nobodies. What was he meaning? He was meaning those people who were quiet, who were normal, who were unseen, who were average. Or you may be a little bit out there, but you still see yourself as just getting on with life. These are the people that God chooses and uses. This includes all of us. This series is not just about something, who, uh, someone who's a superhuman character. No, it's talking about the normal people. We could all make a difference in this world. I was reading this week of a lady who was from Arkansas. Her name was Charlotte Tidwell. She was an African-American and uh, she was raised in poverty, but she'd, she'd put herself through school through the, through the charity and goodwill of some Christians. They put her through school and she became a nurse, not only a nurse, but she became the, the director of medical services in that town, rose to a high rank. But one, in retirement, she began to see in a community through a lot of social deprivation and industry shutting down, there was a lot of poverty. She put it on herself, not on anybody else, put it on herself to use her pension to feed 7,000 people a month. That message got out. People started to help her and invested in her. And as a result of it, she's now feeding people. She heard that there were seniors who were, had no food and they were eating cat food and dog food, a travesty in a, in, a, in a Western country. And she made a difference. Unsung heroes. I want to tell you, you are more than you have become. You really are. And God is wanting to do something in each and every one of us to go and make a difference wherever we find ourselves and wherever we are living. I want to speak today about a man by the name of Barnabas. Everybody just type in Barnabas. And he was known by his nickname, because his name wasn't Barnabas, his name was Joseph. But actually, the apostles nicknamed him Barnabas, because Barnabas means son of encouragement. He was an encourager. Now, for some of you who've been here over the weeks, you know that you're thinking to yourself, where's my story gone? Where's my funny story gone? Well, here we have, and I haven't forgot you, okay? Because there was a guy who went into a pub for a drink, and there was only him and the barman there, and soon the barman disappeared and left him on his own. And the man stood there, and suddenly he heard a voice. That's a nice haircut you've got there. He looked around, but couldn't see anyone. The voice then said, that's a great shirt. Where did you get that from? The man is 
looking around. He's confused. He still can't see anyone in the bar. Yet again, the voice spoke and said, it's been a long time since I told you what a good looking man you are. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I'd have loved to have been that man in that pub. But anyway, the man is looking around as the barman walks back into the bar. He says to the barman, I don't know what's going on, but I keep hearing these nice comments, but I can't see anyone. The barman said, oh, that's the peanuts. They're complimentary. Do you get it? <laughs> They're complimentary. Oh, come on. They're complimentary. I'm going to be laughing about that all the way through my message. <laughs> and Barnabas was such a man. I'm still laughing now. Barnabas was such a man. He was an encourager. Everybody type on the screens or everybody tap the neighbor next to you or tap the chair or tap the wall or tap the cat or dog. Encourager, encourager. You see, Barnabas is is in the shadow of a man by the name of Paul. For those who don't know, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Many of the books of the New Testament he wrote. He was a New Testament pioneer. He was a leader. He was a father of the faith. He was a writer, Paul was, of some of the most theologically outstanding books of the New Testament. But Paul, the apostle, credits at least 90 people who partnered with him in the gospel. These were often unsung heroes and one was called Barnabas. Now we know a little bit more about Barnabas than some of them, but I want to speak into Barnabas because he carries something that is just outstanding. In Acts and chapter 11 and verse 24, it describes Barnabas, listen, as a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. What a statement. A good man, full of the Holy Spirit, full of God, full of the goodness of God and full of faith, positivity, cheer. That's quite a statement. Now, you need to understand Barnabas. I did a little bit of check and I've studied him before. Let me just give you a quick background of him. He was actually a Cypriot Jew. And he joined the Jerusalem church soon after Jesus' death and resurrection. Some commentators believe he actually stood theologically with Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul. He was one of the Cypriots who founded the church in Antioch, where he preached regularly. And he was also one who went on missionary journeys, planting, sharing the gospel with Paul around the area. But I don't know about you, have you ever wondered what this man, or ever wondered when somebody says a name to you, what they're like? I know I've had many times when I've had to meet somebody that I didn't know. And I've thought to myself, I wonder what they're like, I wonder what they look like, I wonder what they act like. And for me, when I think of Barnabas, I think, I wonder what he was like. Well, I've got a few words to describe him. I think he was classy, sassy, with a tinge of bougie. I really do. I think he was a classy kind of guy. I really do. I think he was an unusual character. I think he was cool. I think he was the kind of man who you just love to be friends with. Why do I say that? Because he loved to encourage. And unsung heroes encourage. They lift up. They inspire. There's something deep within them that causes others to soar and to grow and to move forward. 
It says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 36 that Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Got it? He was a son of encouragement. This Barnabas, he was loved by the apostles and everybody loves a Barnabas. Barnabas couldn't help himself. You know, four things. He encouraged the church in Jerusalem. He encouraged the new believers in Antioch. He encouraged Paul and brought him along to work with him in Antioch. He encouraged another young man by the name of John Mark when Paul refused to continue working with him. Have you got it? He encouraged, he encouraged, he encouraged, and he encouraged. And this unsung hero that we're looking at, and we're going to continue in the next couple of weeks to still look at another couple of characters, this one is a standout for me as a favourite. Because Barnabas teaches me and teaches you in the midst of dark times and difficult and negative, because it is, headlines are negative. And the fact is, it isn't great. It's not been great out there. It's been terrible. People have lost their lives. Families have lost loved ones. Jobs are on the line. It's really, really, really difficult. But in the midst of that, I want to be an encourager church. I live in the reality of what we're in, but I don't want to have my head down. I want to have my head up. And Barnabas teaches me to reach for the best, to live higher, to live better, to live stronger. I so want to be a Barnabas. I really do. You know, we often settle for good rather than the best. We settle for second best. I'm talking to the student at this time and you're just tempted to do just like a C grade paper in. No, when you know your A grade is in you. I want to encourage you to do your best. I want to encourage those trade persons not to have an attitude of, oh, it'll do. No, to, to to have the desire to do the very best for the customer, even though they may be a little awkward. You know, for the mom and the dad, the employee, the employer, the nurse, the teacher, the doctor, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you find yourself, guys, for as always, to do our best. I really do think it's important. And a quote that's always struck with me from being, I guess, a teenager is this, shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. It's always inspired me to just reach. I guess that's why I've got a desire, always had a desire to to do more, to to go further, to just see what God could do through us and through just normal people like us. Unsung heroes. Now there's two things I want to particularly identify about this encourager, this Barnabas. So have you got your pens at the ready? You got your notepads ready? Great. The first thing I want to say is this. Number one, everybody say number one. Number one, give your best. Give your best. Barnabas is first mentioned in Acts in chapter four and verse 37. It says, Barnabas sold a field he owned and bought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This revealed his heart. He clearly had, whether he inherited it or whether he bought it, but he had a field. He had some personal finance. But when he heard the need of the church, he sold this field and bought the money 
and placed it at the apostles' feet. This tells me that he gave of his best. This revealed his heart. He was all in. He was committed. He was determined. He was surrendered. Now, this wasn't an act of generosity. This was from a heart of generosity. And those who know me, who who, who, who I pastor through Arena Church, you've heard me say this many times before. It's not about random acts of generosity and kindness. It's about having a heart at your core of generosity and kindness. You know, we're not moved by the emotion of the season. Some people are at the moment. But Arena Church, let me tell you, has always had a heart is generous to its core. Doesn't matter what season we're in, every moment of every day, we want to be generous. And I think this generosity flows from Barnabas. He gave of his best. And there are three things quickly that he did, that he showed. He gave of his best by showing kindness to everyone. By showing kindness to everyone. We'll come on to it. He showed kindness to Saul, who became Paul. He showed kindness to John Mark. It's important that we show kindness, that we give of our best. Kindness is a quality that is so outdated. I think kindness and respect and good manners are so important. We, We stand out when we live with these values. And the Bible encourages that we should show kindness, particularly to the family of faith. And that's why we've set all sorts of things up over the years to make sure that the family of faith and make sure our community is blessed and served and helped. That is why we do what we do. That is why you give of your offerings and your tithes. It's not just to make sure that the pastors and staff are okay, and that's important, but it's also that we have money, resource that we can serve and bless and love and help our community. Colossians 3 verse 12 says, Be merciful as you endeavour to understand others and be compassionate. Listen, showing kindness to all. Showing kindness to all and be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. We must give of our best by showing kindness. We need to give of our best with our generosity. Like I said, he sold a field. And he gave the money away. There are two conversions that happen in a Christian. One is of the heart for salvation and the other is of the wallet. The problem is most people only go to first base. They have the conversion of the salvation, but they never get to the conversion of the wallet. And I was just talking with our camera person, Jordan Gore, who I said is doing a brilliant job. We're saying we really hope that the, Spirit of this age, materialism, and it's a God, it's a spirit, will come down, will be made low. I said before that material gain is immaterial in a time of lockdown. That's worthy of a quote. Material gain is immaterial in a time of lockdown. Listen to me. Money, materialism, it's not important. Dot, dot, dot. It's not important. There are more important things And Barnabas teaches us this unsung hero to give of our best, to be generous with what we have, to share with others. In fact, Proverbs 11 verse 25, and I love the book of Proverbs. It says a generous person will prosper. Doesn't say may prosper, doesn't say can prosper. It says a generous person will 
prosper. And for my life and my wife, Caroline, that doesn't mean to say that we're always going to have all the money that we need. But there's a prosperity of our heart and our soul, a contentment, a joy, a life that it only comes through a generous life and generous living. And some of you on the broadcast, you're miserable. You've got all the money in the world. You've got all the resources in the world. You're fighting for this promotion and this bonus and whatever. You're still miserable. It only comes through generous. A generous person will prosper. And then it goes on saying, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I have been refreshed so many times by others. And why has that come to us? Because we've endeavoured to be a refreshing to others too. Thirdly, not just generous, not just kindness, but work hard and sacrificially very quickly. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 3 to 7, interesting verses. He says there, we, we, this is Paul speaking to a church and he's saying, we're on missionary assignments for God and we have a right to decent accommodations and we have a right to support for us and our families. You don't seem to have raised questions with the other apostles and our master's brothers and Peter in these matters. So why me? Is it just Barnabas and I who have to go it alone and pay our own way? Paul was speaking into this because the church there was not looking after him and Barnabas. In fact, he goes on to say that we paid our own way. They were bivocational. They worked hard. They worked sacrificially. They gave of their best, even though the church was not given of the best to them. They paid their way so they wouldn't be a burden. And this is what unsung heroes do. Are you still with me? Unsung heroes pay the price. Type that on the screen. Unsung heroes pay the price. This life was never guaranteed of being easy. And being a follower of Jesus certainly isn't. There's so much fulfillment and there's an eternal reward that we are going to inherit in, the, in, the, in, the world to, in a world to come called heaven. There really is. But in this life, there's hard work. And we need to carry a work ethic and never settle. Can I again, again speak to some young people? Can I raise a work ethic in you? Can I raise that you get out of bed? Can I raise that you help your mum and dad? Can I raise that you're going to work hard at school and at university to get a great job? Can I raise that you're going to work hard in the life of the church and you're going to apply yourself in all matters? These are qualities that Barnabas carried. Tiger Woods, that great golfer, not great in terms of character, I have to say that, but in terms of his ability. But this is what he says. People don't understand that when I grew up, I was never the most talented. I was never the biggest. I was never the fastest. I certainly was never the strongest. The only thing I had was my work ethic. That's, that's what's gotten me this far. A work ethic. We need to give of our best. But secondly... Everybody, get your pens ready and type on the screen. We not only need to give of our best, but number two, we need to believe the best. Believe the best. I love this particular point. And we're gonna just finish on this. This is an outstanding quality that all unsung heroes carry. They really do. They believe the best. And Barnabas believed the best. He had an outstanding quality in him. Was it, was it through nature? Was it through nurture? I don't know. But he carried this encouragement in his heart. People who believe the best and look for the best are hard to find. I am so grateful 
for a handful of people in my life who have believed the best and have encouraged the best in me always. In fact, they brought out the best in me. You know, when others wanted to give up on me or bring me down, these people have sought to lift me up. I wonder if you can think of somebody now who has done that in your life. They've believed the best. Can I just say to you, if you can't think of anybody now, then I want to encourage you to stay on the online services before, until we get out of lockdown. And I guarantee you when you come to Arena Church, I'll be that person for you. If you're sincere, I'll be that person for you. Because I want to believe the best in you. I want to look for the good in everyone. Some people say, oh, that kid is just rotten to the core. There's no such thing as a bad child. All there is is bad upbringings, bad nurturing, you know, bad care, bad and poor choices, poor conditions. This is what creates society at its worst. I want to be a person. We want to be a church that believes the best that brings out the best. Now that does not mean that we're doormats. That does not mean that anything will go because we believe in order. We believe in structure. We believe in discipline. The Bible says that he's a good father and he disciplines us. Why? Because he loves us. Discipline is a necessary part of raising children and raising a church. It really is. But my point that I'm making is we want to believe the best. Now this story really takes pace Because what happens is there's a man by the name of Saul. And Saul, in Acts chapter 9, and you might want to read it for yourself, he has a dramatic conversion. Let me just tell you a little bit about Saul for those who don't know. Basically, Saul was a high-ranking official Jew. He was a religious man. But the Bible, he himself records, he was a blasphemer. He was a vile man. He was a hater of the new way of the Christians. He hated them. And he was actually party to the first murder of Stephen, the martyr, in the book of Acts. He'd asked for the uh, Jews, the rulers of the day, for letters to go and persecute the, the, the Christians. And so off he trots. He's on a road to Damascus. And while he's on the road, Jesus comes to him in a light and says to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He knew in that moment that this was Jesus. This was the crucified one. This was the Lord. There was a dramatic turnaround. There was a change that occurred. There was 180 degrees. This one, Saul, who was a vile man, who was a persecutor of the, of the, of the Christians, now became a follower of Jesus There's some on the broadcast today. You've ridiculed Christians. You've rejected God. You've even hated Christians. There is a dramatic turnaround coming your way. It's called a Damascus Road experience. And in this moment, Jesus is encouraging you to put your trust in Him. Everything turned around. But this is the story where it goes. Because in Acts chapter 9, verse 26 to 27, we see that when Saul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. He'd had the conversion experience. Now he's trying to just join a community. But they were all afraid of him, the Bible says. And they were not believing that he really was a disciple. They they thought he was tricking them. 
trying to deceive them. But listen, verse 27, look at it carefully in your Bibles. This is really important. But Barnabas, but Barnabas, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly the name of Jesus. It was Barnabas who believed the best in this man Saul. It was Barnabas who stuck his neck out. It was Barnabas who brought him to Saul to the apostles. And he believed the best. And as I close, three things. I believe that it's so important if we're going to believe the best. Number one, you've got to be a friend. You've got to learn to be a friend. He became a friend to Paul. He became a friend to Saul, even though others weren't convinced. You know, Barnabas took Saul to the apostles, even, even though his reputation of Saul went before him. He stuck his neck out. And I want to say, people in Arena Church, we already have them, but they're going to continue to come. And again, don't misunderstand me. We have to, and we want to have good safeguarding, good protocol, good structures in place. But I want this to be a place where the suspect, where the vile, where the worst can come. Doesn't matter where you've come from. Doesn't matter the colour of your skin. We love the fact that we've got nationalities across Arena Church. And if I can say this, because we're going to believe the best, we want to be your friend. You are not a project to us. You are a valued and loved person. And Barnabas looked at the root and the fruit of Saul and saw a change. And he brought him in. Secondly, he didn't just become a friend but he loved to encourage and lift others up. If we're going to believe the best, we've got to encourage and lift others up. There's a man by the name of John Mark. I haven't got time to talk to you about him, but just look at it in your Bible. Google it, John Mark. This man, young man, had got it wrong. He'd let the apostles down. He was like an assistant to Barnabas and Saul in later years, but he'd messed up. He really had, and he deserted them. And he was Barnabas who said to um, to um, Paul, we need to take John Mark with us. And Paul said, no, I'm not having him. He's deserted it. Read, read it for yourself in Acts chapter 15 from verse 36 to 39. And the Bible records that there was a sharp disagreement between Barnabas and Paul. See, just because he was an encourager didn't mean that he didn't have principles and didn't have a conviction and a strength, he did. There was a sharp disagreement and Barnabas still took John Mark on his way. Now, the point that I'm trying to make is this. Some years later, Paul, who was discarding John Mark, says in 2 Timothy 4, verse 11, years later, he says, get John Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me in the ministry. You see, John Mark, Barnabas had taken John Mark and he encouraged and he lifted him and he trained him and straightened him and challenged him. And now this man who was useless to Paul now becomes useful. And lastly, if we're going to really believe the best, we've got to just accept the role that God gives us. 
Because it's interesting with Barnabas that he was actually the leader of, of Paul. Saul became Paul. God changed his name. And they became um, assistants working together. But it was always Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas was the leader. But there was a shift that happened. You've got to read it for yourself. Where the pages tell us, instead of it being Barnabas and Paul, it now went uh, Paul and Barnabas. Even to the point that there was, a, there was an occasion in Acts chapter 14 when God was doing amazing things through Barnabas and Paul. And the people were shouting out and saying, the gods have come down to us. Acts 14 verse 11. And they've come down in human form. And verse 12, Barnabas they called Zeus. And Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Interesting. But Barnabas was happy in the role that he was given. He, he, did, he, didn't, he didn't fight for the fact that, well, I was the number one. I was the leader. I found Paul. No, no, no. He was happy to lift. He was happy to be a friend. He believed the best. And again, this is a quality that I think is so important in Unsung Heroes. You know, there's a phrase that we use in our values booklet. It was written by Harry S. Truman. And he's, Truman says this, it is amazing what you can accomplish if you, don't, if you don't care who gets the credit. Dot, dot, dot. It does not matter. The problem is, it seems to matter. Because we live in this crazed media-driven world, self-absorbed, self-exalting. It's all about me and all about mine and all about the glory. But Barnabas was an unsung hero. He wasn't interested in those things. He was just interested in serving the purposes of God. Now Barnabas for me was a hero. As you can tell, I love him. I really do love him. I love this character he was a friend. He was an encourager. He was a lifter of others. He was a fulfiller and a fueler of dreams. He was the grandfather that we all wanted who said you can. And he gave his best. Now, as I draw this to a close, I want to say that Barnabas, the Sunsung hero, his death was pretty tragic. Church tradition says that, and it's outside of the New Testament, you won't read it here, describes that he was martyred for his faith. He was having great success in Syria and that area there. And there were many who were exasperated by his success. And they dragged him out and they stoned him to death. This was the end of this man. Not written in the scriptures. No fanfare. No, no grand marking of it. But I want to tell you, Barnabas was a quiet, unsung hero. He gave of his best and he believed the best. I want to encourage each and every one of us to live with these qualities in this day that we find ourselves in. If we will do this, we will find God use our lives to impact and influence many, many more than we presently are. But as I close this broadcast, I want to just say to you, God gave his very best, by sending his one and only son, Jesus, into the world. We sing a song, oh, how he loves us so. And Jesus, in his grace and in his mercy, gave of himself, hung upon a cross and carried your sin and said, 
You are forgiven. Not only are you forgiven, but I accept you. And I wonder if there's in this moment people on the broadcast who are ready to receive Jesus as their Lord and as their Saviour. I honestly believe it's the best decision you will ever make. And I honestly believe with all my heart, and we've seen it over the weeks, there's many people, scores of people who've given their life to Jesus, who've leaned into Jesus. It may be that you are a prodigal. It may be that you once knew God and now don't follow God and you're coming back to him. I want to encourage you in this moment as I pray for you to begin to pray and ask Jesus to forgive you. Ask him to become your Lord. I wonder if you'd pray this prayer with me today. Dear Jesus, I now realise you're my friend. You came to save me and to give me a purpose. And I'm so sorry for the way that I've lived and behaved. Please forgive me. I declare now that you are my Lord and you are my Saviour. And I put my trust in you. I want to tell you, friend, if you've prayed that prayer, the Bible says that you are a Christian You are a follower of Him. The old is gone, the new has come. He says that if you confess God with your mouth, He will become your Lord. And I want to encourage you in this moment to just click on the screen. Just tell somebody, who hosts who are waiting, that that you've been made a decision to follow Jesus. Just lean in in this moment. Don't hold back. Give your all to Him. But one final prayer can I say across those who are Christians. I wonder if we can be determined to be an unsung hero. And to live with this encouragement. encouragement. May it be said of us that we are sons and daughters of encouragement. People who give of our best and people who believe the best. Father, I just pray now in this moment that that would be the heart of every person who knows you. We would be an encourager. We would lift. We would inspire. We would make a difference in this world. I pray, Lord, that this broadcast may it lift people, may it encourage people, may it stir people on, Lord, may it change people. And I pray, Lord, again for Arena Church that our increase and our influence and our impact would go far beyond where we presently are for the glory and praise of your name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I've loved being with you. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you keep enjoying it. Keep logging on. Why don't you keep encouraging people, inviting people to our online service? But I look forward to seeing you next week. Remember, we love you. We're praying for you. And we believe in you. God bless you.